The Chargers season has gotten off to an incredibly disappointing start, but it's not time to panic yet. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for six seasons. We're heading into our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. And we are getting into our Chargers mail bag today. We appreciate everyone joining in and contributing to the show, which you could do at LockedOnLAC on Twitter. But it starts, David, with the panic level where we're at right now with the Chargers because there's a lot of panic out there. We're also talking about at what point can Brandon Steely be considered on the hot seat because that is another thing that has been floating out there around a lot. But we also get into maybe trying to use Austin Eckler more effectively and also maybe some offensive line shakeups that could potentially help things like, you know, maybe getting Jamari Sawyer in the lineup but david it starts with you know the panic level right now but today's episode is brought to you by linkedin jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on nfl all right david we have a twitter question here from chris saiz who goes along with kind of what we wanted to talk about today anyways and he says on a scale of one to ten what's your panic level my main concern is slater but we will get joey back eventually Corey keenan JC should be back soon. Once they're all back, I think it's a matter of staying healthy. It's a great question, David. I mean, I, I like that it's one to 10 here because I would definitely not say I'm totally panicking yet, but at the same time, there's a lot of reasons for concern, right? And some things we don't know if those are going to get fixed right away or can be fixed right away. So if you're going one to 10 on this one, David, where's your panic level at right now? Yeah, I mean, it's the season's still really early. And, and so, yeah, have the Chargers dealt with some catastrophic losses already yes they absolutely have there's uh, unfortunately that's the way it's been you when you lose an all pro left tackle one of the you know top five at his his position in the nfl it's going to have an indelible mark you know and unfortunately that's going to be really difficult to try to replace that and you know when when you don't have joey bosa in the lineup that's going to make your pass rush less effective but I think if you look at the grand scheme of things here, there's a lot of football games left yeah. here. So my panic level is somewhere between a three and a five right now. I think okay. um, it's getting, a, I'd pick say it's a little uncomfortable, a little, <laughs> a little frustrating. I need you to pick one of those. That's a big difference. I feel like you think that's a big difference. Yeah, okay. for sure. It can only go up to 10. <laughs> so I'm just going to go ahead and split it in the middle. I'm going to go three and a half. Uh, that's, that's to the middle would be four <laughs> <laughs> fine fine okay i'll go with the four oh yeah I'm, I'm not i'm definitely not in the middle yet uh, i'm still more on the optimistic side sure getting those guys back getting jc get, getting jc jackson back on on the defensive side is going to be a big help Corey lindsley is massive if he's able to come back and be able to be healthy and stay in the middle of that offensive line it's going to have a huge impact and it's going to be a big help to Justin Herbert, who is still nursing his fractured rib cartilage. Yeah, I mean, Corey Lindsley, I think is, it's hard. I mean, I, I have, well, I don't even know where most of my concerns are. Let's start with the original question. One to ten. I'm at a six. 
uh, I would say I'm over halfway. I mean, I think I probably go into the season with like a three. You know what I mean? Just because it's like there's obvious questions that we had before the season and some sure. of those are rearing their ugly heads right now. I mean, I think J.C. Jackson on the defensive side, yeah, that makes a huge difference. If Asante Samuel Jr. playing the way he's playing right now is your second best corner, I think that hugely upgrades your defense because I don't know if we've seen much so far out of Michael Davis. And I feel pretty good about Bryce Callahan still, you know, even after getting being a touchdown, I still think he's been their most consistent best corner so far this season in the slot. So I really like that defensive secondary and maybe that helps. But if you don't get enough pass rush, right, you, it's not going to matter who you have back there. You can only cover guys for so long. But I do think, David, especially offensively, Corey Lindsley is going to make such a huge difference because I think he's going to make Matt Filer better. And we'll talk about his struggles later on in the shows because Matt Filer has not been good so far in 2022. But Keenan Allen, I do think, covers up a lot of the deficiencies that the Chargers have offensively just because, I mean, they've put themselves in so many third downs. And last year when they had Justin Herbert balling out of his mind, they had Keenan Allen and that connection there. It wasn't as much of a problem. You knew it still could be a problem, and in certain games it did pop up. But with Keenan Allen there, he is such a fix-all for a lot of the things the Chargers are dealing with offensively. You need somebody to get open quickly. Keenan Allen is that guy. You need teams to take attention away from Mike Williams. Keenan Allen is that guy. So, I mean, if he can come back this week, and the rumors are that he is pushing to come back this week and was close last week, that's going to make a huge difference. And not that by itself makes you feel like, okay, the Chargers can turn the season around. It's that combined with, okay, this could feel a lot different at the bye week, potentially. And for the Chargers, getting him back for these next couple of games against the Texans, who the Chargers should beat, against the Browns, who will be tough because of their rushing attack. Keenan Allen easily could be the difference in that game. Corey Lindsley could be the difference in that game. Keenan Allen, having him back is massive. Like, I mean, to, to keep the offense on the field, to keep those first downs churning. I mean, nobody gets first downs on third, third down more effectively than Keenan Allen. Just nobody. Nobody in the last five years. No. I think you can say that he's just an absolute machine. His ability to win quickly off the line of scrimmage, his smooth just crisp, incredibly accurate route running, the attention to detail, the just the body of work, what he puts into his craft, it shows up. And it, it is, it's just a major, major factor of this offense. Yep. And obviously, you know, you know what that connection is between Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. So, he, you know, he's always looking for Keenan because Keenan's always open. I mean, that that's just a, a you know, a large fa- fact of the matter here. So. Getting him back, getting him involved in the offense is going to help this offense look a whole lot more dynamic and just a lot more efficient. And one of the things we saw consistently throughout training camp was them targeting Keenan Allen deeper down Deep. the field. Yes. And we're not talking about, you know, 40-yard go routes, but we are talking about him going across the field, using the separation he can create to, you know, create those explosive plays down the field. Yeah. And I think you saw that in just a flash of it in that first game where we got to see him. I think it was four for 64, you know, averaging like yeah. – 18 yards, 16 to 18 yards to catch right there. I mean, we saw it kind of coming to fruition already, and they lost that. He's not a burner. The Chargers still need one of those, and they're still lacking, and that's why it's at a six, right? Because you don't know how much more edge help they're going to get or how long Joey Bosa is going to be out. You don't know how they're going to address the tackle situation, which seems pretty dire right now with the two guys you have out there yeah. and what that's going to limit offensively. And you don't know, you know, about other positions as well. You know, speed receiver was already a problem. Tackle was already a big concern for us. Edge help was already a concern. Those are the things we still don't quite have answers to yet. But yeah. you have another question here from Atir Kadir, who asked, my question will be if the offensive line struggles on Sunday, 
do we sit Herbert till the bye and see where we're at? So this is something I talked with Peter Bukowski, you know, locked on Packers when he had me on the show the other day was just, hey, do you consider shutting down Justin Herbert, which is kind of what I'm taking away from this question. I don't think it's going to be something that happens in the middle of a game. I mean, even if he's like, I think to me at this point, David, if you put Justin Herbert on IR, you know, given the amount of time it's going to take to heal, I think you're pretty much punting on your season. I mean, I think we saw this Chargers roster still has flaws in a lot of ways, and I don't think Chase Daniel can get you through a month, a month and a half. And I think that it's going to take a setback from Justin Herbert to get him on the shelf that long, I think. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that there's any way that you're going to have Justin Herbert not on the football field at this point in time. I think that first week, you know, against the Jaguars, there was a legit concern that he may not play. But I think after he actually did play a game and did come out of it without having a setback, I think that's going to give him confidence that he can go out there and know what he can and cannot put up with and what kind of medical procedures and things that they can do to try to try to get him through a football game with the least amount of pain possible, whatever that is. Obviously, Justin Herbert doesn't want to talk about it. Um, you know, obviously, I think we can infer, you know, some of the things that happen. But I mean, that that's completely up to him. But um, I don't unless he gets hurt, um, like to where it's going to take him off the field. I, I think Justin Herbert is going to be playing quarterback and is going to just kind of try to be try to manage this injury as much as possible until he can get back to uh, as close to 100 percent as he can get. Yeah, and he probably won't be there the rest of the season. I mean, if he's going to just probably. pay managers waste through it. I think the other thing is I think they would have to be like two and six. I think yeah. they'd have to be like one and five uh, for them to make a big decision like that because it's just you, you can't punt on another season of Joey Bosa's prime, of no. Khalil Mack's prime, you know, or what he has left in the tank, of Keenan Allen, right? I mean, those yeah. guys, this is their season. Like, the, you're just getting them another year older if you punt on the season. You have to continue to try to do exactly or whatever you can do this season. But if they do start to struggle like that, if you do go two and six, if you're one and five, could we see Brandon Staley on the hot seat? Is he close to the hot seat right now? We're going to talk about that coming up after this, but I do need to tell you guys, as you gear up to fall, you need the right people in place to get what you need done in your business. Help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. I know that my wife got her current job through LinkedIn and they found her through LinkedIn Jobs. I mean, it's something that pretty much everyone has at this point. But if you're a business, all you have to do is add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you create, find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, David, we're back with our Chargers mail back here. I mean, I was trying to think of something that sounded cool with like, you know, write in Wednesday. I don't know. Twitter Tuesday was so much more convenient. But yes. Wednesdays are going to be the days we want to get you guys involved. And you can hit us up at Lockdown LAC. You can call into the voicemail line at 323-524-7924. But thank you guys again for making us your first listen today in a week where it's a little tougher to be listening to Chargers content. But it's onward and forward 
We do have a question here, though, about Brandon Staley, and I think there's a lot of them out there, but we'll pick Justin's today. And he says, granted, it's a bit of an overreaction at this time, but at what point would you consider Staley being on the hot seat? Is there a smaller window for him to win because of Herbert's rookie deal? David, that does point into it. This isn't, you know, a window for the Chargers. Yes, you can win it outside of your quarterback's rookie contract window, but there's no doubt about the fact that if you have a superstar quarterback on a rookie deal, it makes it a lot easier to surround him with the talent, right? And pay guys like Bosa and Keenan and Khalil Mack and JC Jackson, all those other guys. So do you, what would it take, you know, for Brandon Staley to be on the hot seat? Because for me, I don't think there's any way I see Brandon Staley getting fired during the season. Yeah, I, I'm going to co-sign with that. I, I agree. I, I Even, you know, a catastrophic meltdown of a season, I don't see that happening because there already is some key members that you're going to lose for the entire season that you can say, well, hey, I didn't have my left tackle the entire year and I had to make it work. And, you know, there's a, a, a variety of different, you know, weapons that you still have on both sides of the ball. And you have a lot of very, very expensive veterans that you're paying a lot of money to. So the, the rookie contract is definitely important for Justin Herbert, because I think we all know at this point in time, when when that time when that time comes to, to write that check. Um, I don't know if there's enough zeros right now yeah. to, to fill it. Uh, I mean, Justin Herbert's going to get paid an exorbitant uh, amount of money, um, which, you know, obviously he, he's going to deserve. But, you know, the, the Chargers definitely have to win. But I don't see there see any scenario in which Brandon Staley gets fired after this season. I think they give him one more season after, after this that. season. So not in the season or after the season. No, I don't think so. I don't think there's anything that could happen for him to get fired after this season. I just think that, you know, the the way the Spanos family does things and, you know, kind of how they have handled the last several coaches. Uh, I think at this point, you know, you have to look at Tom Telesco and his tenure. You know, he's been the guy that's hired several head coaches. But as it pertains specifically to Brandon Staley, I just think that, you know, there's nothing that can really happen this season for him to get fired. Yeah, I mean, if we're going off their history, it would seem like Tom Telesco and Brandon Staley are probably linked, right? If it goes down, yeah. it probably goes down with both of them. If it's only one of them, it's more likely to probably be Staley uh, just because it's like he's the guy with the product on the field and the Chargers aren't questioned on how much talent they have right now. Maybe That's they true. should be with how many you know draft picks are contributing and things like that or lack thereof. At the same time, I mean, I think it would be Lombardi before it would be Staley. Like I think yeah. if this season is a disaster, I mean, your expectation should be higher with Justin Herbert, right? Because every yeah. season you don't make the playoffs with Justin Herbert is considered wasting a season of his prime. Yes. And that's the absolute last thing you want to do. It's the first thing that brand Staley swore he wasn't going to do at his first press conference, right? Was not get the most out of Justin Herbert, or, you know, be able to use Justin Herbert to take this team where it wants to go. If they go three and 14 this year, hundred. I, I don't think that's going to happen by any means unless, you know, they shut it down with Justin Herbert for the season. Like, either way, I, I I could see it happening after this year, even though it goes against conventional wisdom, but it would have to be, like, so disastrous that there would just yeah. be no way that they could bring him back. If you go 3-14 and 14 with Justin Herbert playing most of the games, I don't even know if just being in your second year can save your job at that point. They have done it. They've kept guys before throughout the tenure of their contract. But I think if it was really bad or pretty bad, it'd be like, okay, well, maybe Joe Lombardi's the problem. Maybe he's out of there on an ultimatum from like Tom Tolesco or somewhere yeah. up top. 
And then it's like, okay, well, let's see if it changing the offensive coordinator can kind of, you know, I mean, if they have a things. season like that, heads are going to roll. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But I mean, you said he can't, he can't get fired after this season. So it has to be somebody, I think it's probably Lombardi is the more likely of those two, especially because he's the one, you know, the handler of Justin Herbert, but let's get to this one here from a sports advocate who says, is Eckler's Austin Eckler's slow start a coaching or a production issue? So production issue I, I'm taking is just meaning like, okay, it's on him, right? It's him yeah. not doing the right thing. And I think it's both. I mean, the Chargers have not been creative in their running game. The running game has been super lackluster outside of Austin. Edward, they don't have a ton of in there. It's not a ton of, or, you know, super juicy. Yeah, it's not. You're absolutely right. I mean, Austin Eckler hasn't done a ton, um, you know, with what he has been given. He's still been productive as a pass catcher, but I, I would like to see them get a little bit more creative on the ground with the running plays that they're calling. I think they need to set him up for a little bit more success than what yeah. he has had so far. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's been all the running backs. I mean, as a team, they're averaging 2.6 yards per carry. Yeah, it's so been like, horrible. Marcus Mosher of Locked On Cowboys put out today a post of the most explosive plays in the NFL. The Chargers have one explosive run play. The next closest team is the Bengals at five, and that's rushes Crazy. over 10 plus yards. They've just had such an incredible lack of burst and lack of explosiveness in that area. If you're looking at just the passing and how many explosive plays they have there, it's like 12th. They're tied for 12th, which is still probably <laughs> not good enough with Justin Herbert there. But as a whole, their team has the least amount of explosive plays. It's definitely on coaching, but I do think Austin Eckler has missed a couple of holes, some chances where he could have broken 10-yard runs for sure, but it is a both sides because nobody's been able to find consistent rhythm or success behind this offensive line so far this year, and now they're missing more pieces. But there are other ways to get Austin Eckler involved to get the most out of him. And Alvin hit us up and said, why don't the Chargers call more screens for Austin Eckler? Shouldn't you want to put one of your best players in a position to succeed? Definitely, David. Yes, a thousand percent. Alvin, you know, me and you have gone around <laughs> and around for the last couple of years. You know, we've had Alvin's an OG. Uh, yeah, definitely. Alvin's been uh, been watching us and listening to us for a very long time. Definitely appreciate that support, Alvin. But yes, me and you are in a thousand percent agreement on this. Austin Eckler does some of his best work out in space because he's very shifty. He's also very low to the ground. He's very small. He's hard to find, especially when you got those giant, big uglies running in front of you blocking. You know, you'd be able to see him, you know, slice and dice through those guys and earn some big yards. I mean, he's yeah. still a very, very dangerous pass catcher. And also, it's just kind of weird to see Austin Eckler through three games not have any touchdowns. It's just yeah. a, it's a very, very weird scene. So I think that is a good way to also jump jumpstart the offense. And also kind of protect Justin Herbert a little bit. Get get the ball out of his hands quickly. Get those offensive linemen moving. Get Austin Eckler in space and let him do what he does best. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a great way to slow down a pass rush for sure. It's like, hey, you send all those guys out there. Then you're thinking about it. If you get popped a screen behind you that goes for 20, 30 yards, and he absolutely has that capability. He is so small that he's almost impossible to get if he gets any sort of blocking in front of him. The Chargers blocking at the second level this year has left a lot to be desired as far as them hitting that second level after their initial block and getting to linebackers, getting to defensive backs. Either way, you have to try something. And I think for the Chargers, the big thing for me is find quicker developing screenplays and things yeah. like that, right? It seems like anytime they want to do anything creative, it's happening in slow motion and everybody's yeah. running in mud. You need quick hitters like that. You need screenplays. And you have to, from the offensive line, get that sell from the offensive line, get that sell from Austin Eckler, maybe getting a chip on somebody before he leaks out. 
you have to sell it a lot better than the Chargers do because that's what screens are, right? You have to sell it. They've had a couple yeah. that have gotten shot down, and Justin Herbert's just thrown it at the feet of the running back. So they have tried some. They have to sell it better. They have to connect at that second level because if they can just get that first level of defenders blocked, Austin Eckler will take care of the rest. But yeah, we do have more to get into on this Chargers mailbag day, and we're going to be talking about if the Chargers maybe should have played some of their players in the preseason, if that could could have prevented some of the injuries. And we'll also talk about if Jamari Sawyer could be a guy who could come in, maybe even at left guard for Matt Filer to help the Chargers improve what has been a struggling offensive line so far. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. Back here with our Chargers Mailbag Wednesday. That doesn't really go with anything, but here we are, and we have more we want to get into. And I want to start first with Deadbolt. And he asked us on Twitter, does Jamari Sawyer have a shot of taking over left guard duties from Matt Filer? Matt Filer hasn't looked right since last year's loss to the Raiders, which basically means he hasn't looked right at all this year because there's only been three games since that last loss to the Raiders. Yeah. David, what do you think? Do you think there's any chance he steps into the starting lineup? I don't think anytime soon, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, unless you, it's due to injury, at least yeah, that's kind of where. Unless I'm it's at. due to injury and Matt Fowler can't go, I don't think you're going to see Jamari Sawyer on the field, uh, despite the struggles. And they have definitely been obvious. I, I think through through three games, he has already given up eight pressures and fourteen pressures. Four, excuse, me, excuse me, fourteen pressures, and he gave up twenty five all of last season. That's over a thousand snaps. So there's definitely something going on there. there he's not playing clo- near the same level. I think Corey Lindsley's absence definitely has something to do with it. We'll have to see how he does without Rashawn Slater on yeah. the other side of him too. So, you know, it's going to be a real test for Matt Filer and hopefully he can kind of rise back to the level or close to the level that he's playing at the, the first couple of years with the Chargers. His first year, yeah. His only other yeah, year with the Chargers. Year, yeah. But, yeah, to clarify that, I mean, 14 pressures allowed in 138 pass blocking snaps this year. In 737 last year, he gave up 25. So he's only 11 off that number. That's already super high for a guard through three games. I mean, yeah. that means, you know, almost five pressures a game you're allowing on the inside, and that's really tough to escape for a quarterback. It's hard for that not to, you know, impact the play. But Getting Corey Lindsley back definitely will help with that. Some, I mean, not having Rashawn Slater and having to give more help to potentially Storm Norton, or if maybe if they go with Trey Pipkins on that left side, that's something that we'll have to see. But Jamari Sawyer, I think, I think the conversation here is more if it keeps going like this with Matt Filer, are they going to keep him for that third year next year? Or are they going to try to move on to someone like Jamari Sawyer, who's yeah. a younger, cheaper option here? And especially if Matt Filer is struggling, unfortunately. I don't know if it's unfortunate. I, I think the nice thing about Matt Filer is, okay, we've seen him do it. Like, this is it, this is the outlier so far, him being this bad. He yeah. is getting older, but he's not so old that you think it's going to just drop off a cliff production-wise from him. Right. So I think it's it, you. It's realistic to think that he can bounce back. Yeah. But going forward, going into next year, when you're going to have a lot of guys you have to pay and some tough options to make and probably more upgrades you're going to have to make on your offensive line, Maybe that's where Jamari Sawyer can come in right now. I mean, he's a huge depth piece for them because who else do they feel good about right now? If you're placing that Filer, obviously Filer goes to the bench. But, I mean, Jamari Sawyer might be their backup center right now, for all we know. It might be their backup right guard. We don't know, and we don't know how the injuries are going to play out and stuff going forward or how the health is going to play out from that aspect. But let's get to a voicemail, David. We haven't done a voicemail in a minute. So let's get to something about the preseason and the Chargers injuries, maybe some of them that could have been prevented. 
This is Ryan from Huntington Beach, California. I had a question for you. Do you think not playing all of our stars in the preseason led to all these preseason injuries? Or, I mean, beginning of the season injuries? Because I know it worked last year, but a lot of these guys are getting hurt way too early, and it seems like they're a little bit cold out there. So just want to know your thoughts. Hit me up. Go both. So, David, I think it's a valid question. I've seen other people ask this question as well. What do you think? I mean, honestly, it, this is impossible to quantify. I mean, how how are we going to be able to sit here and tell you that, you know, these guys not playing in the preseason is a direct result of them n- getting injured early on in the season and vice versa? There's no no nothing to sit here and tell you that if they did play a couple of snaps, a couple of drives, that it was going to be able to prevent them from getting injured in a violent game. And yeah. that's what it is. The NFL the football is a violent game, and unfortunately, injuries are a part of this game. They're, they're going to happen. They have happened to every single team. It's all about who can put up with those injuries and fight through the attrition of the of those injuries, and that's where the depth of your football team has is going to be tested, and through three games, the depth has not played well enough. Yeah, and I think the thing is here is it kind of depends on what the injuries are, too. Like, Rashawn Slayer tears a bicep. There's no amount of stretching you're going to be able to do to yeah. prevent something like that from happening. Jalen Guyton, you tear an ACL. That's just a, a non-contact injury. It's just stuff like that ends up happening. Yeah. And as far as the preseason go, it's really a damned if you do, damned if you don't type of a thing because I think another argument for that would be more on the tackling side of things and yeah. also – Hey, it would have probably helped to have this offensive line together to try to, you know, get some chemistry going for their running game. That's a place that I would have, you know, think it would have been super beneficial to have that. At the same time, one of those dudes goes down in the preseason. Everybody's mad. Like, yeah, if they don't like the Chargers have had problems even getting these guys to the regular season at times. And like it only takes one dude going down where you putting yourself in a situation the Chargers find themselves in now, you know in the preseason and the guys don't even make it right. So yeah, I, I think it is, there are benefits to it. And I do think, you know, the tackling hurts the chemistry in the running game definitely gets hurt by not playing your starters at all, but having to weigh that against, you know, losing someone like Corey Lindsley before week one starts or Rashawn Slater, all those guys, Justin Herbert, even right. It's just, that is such a huge risk to take, yeah. especially for the guys who you already kind of know. And the other guys, you know, some of those other guys like Jalen Guyton did play in the yeah. preseason a ton. So, it is an interesting theory, and I've heard other people float it. I do think, you know, there is something to it, but I just think that the risk is just far greater than when the reward is. Either way, the Chargers have looked pretty shaky and pretty mechanical, pretty rusty to start yeah. off this season three games in. But let's end things on a lighter note, David. We got a call in from Zach from Florida. I also want to shout out Joe from Jersey. Joe, we did answer most of the questions from your voicemail. We did get it right after the show in the last two shows. Promise to try to get you on next time. But do want to get Zach in here, Florida, with a message for Charger fans, maybe, you know, hey, it's not time to give up yet. Hi, Zach from Florida here. So I know with all the injuries, it's going to be tough going forward this season. But my mindset is that until we are announced that we are eliminated from the playoffs, I'm not giving up on this team. Anything can happen any week. Just remember, any given Sunday. So just wanted to say that I'm sticking it out with this team win or lose and go bolts. I think that's the right attitude to have at this point, David. I mean, I think if your expectations have dropped because of what's happened to the chargers early in the season, I understand that, right? Mine have too. Sure. I think you went from a true super bowl contender with everyone healthy 
to a team it's like okay well hey you're probably gonna be fighting for a wild card spot now right and you're gonna have to do what you can and scratch and claw until you get there it's no fun just calling it doomed already like like it just as charger fans you can't really get much out of that like you have to be have some level of optimism that it can turn around the chargers do have some reinforcements coming back so i do overall think that this is kind of the right feeling to have at this point I completely agree, and I love to hear this from Zach, uh, who uh, has had his moments. Uh, I'm going to hold you to that, Zach. Yeah, he's had his <laughs> moments with, with some negativity in the past, and I mean, I'm the eternal optimist, so obviously I love hearing this coming from him. But yeah, it's like I've said many times, guys, it's super early. There's still so, so much football left stop pump the brakes on yeah. the season is over okay it's we're not there yet we're not even close to there yet there's a lot of football to be played there's still a lot of chapters that need to be written in the story of the 2022 season okay so don't yeah. write the ending before the ending has happened okay yeah. let it unfold enjoy the ride the chargers will win football games this year so you need to be here to enjoy that don't write it off yet yeah, 100%. And I think it's like you have to think about all the good players the Chargers still have too, right? Like you still yes. have Derwin James out there. You still have Khalil Mack out there. You still have Justin Herbert out there. And Keenan Allen should be back soon. Like there's a lot of really good players the Chargers still have. Plenty enough. But I think at the other on the other side of things, like, hey, the coaches have to evolve too. And they have to be given yeah. the chance to evolve and change and learn from their mistakes early in the season. Because if they're not trying to constantly change right now, uh, that's where you're going to run into problems because they still have the talent to do it. They have to evolve. They have to be able to adjust, right? They've only been, they've been outscored 58 to 24 in the second half. Adjustments haven't been there, you know, forte so far in 2022. It has to be better going forward. You have to at least give them the chance. Hey, the Chargers might end up not being able to make the playoffs. It might, you know, be a disastrous season. We're only three weeks in, and the Chargers have a favorable schedule coming up, and they have a good chance to make you feel a lot better about this whole season even just going into the bye week, even if just, you know, two weeks from now, we could be talking about a three and two football team and things can kind of be on the up and up again as you're getting some guys back, hopefully. And hopefully you just stop losing so many key, super, super important players. But that is going to wrap things up for today. Make sure you guys are back here tomorrow because it is crossover Thursday and we're going to be doing a crossover with the Locked On Texans podcast. And you guys aren't going to want to miss getting in some inside info and meet Intel as you will. But to make sure you guys don't miss it, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel if you haven't already. And you can find the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you guys for everyone who contributed to today's show. If you guys want to get in on the next fan mail, Chargers, mailbag, whatever episode, you can hit us up at Locked On LAC on Twitter. You can hit me up on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer's DMs are always open at DroTalkST. You can also call into the voicemail line at 323-323. 524-7924 with your Chargers questions. If you can keep it around 30 seconds, we will most likely be able to get him on the show. It's harder to do, you know, game reactions when, you know, we're doing two shows before we usually get to the Wednesday show. We're doing fan stuff. So get your questions in and we'll try to get them answered for you guys. You guys can also find the show every day on our other social media as well. You can find us on our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. You can also find us at Locked On Chargers on Instagram. And we always post the show there. There's always ways you can get to it. But thank you guys again for making us your first listen. If you need a second listen, make sure to check out the Peacock and Williamson show, the show that's covering everything around the NFL. Super informative, guys. I mean, Matt Williamson, former ESPN boy, former NFL scout, a ton of great information to keep you up to date with everything 
going on around the league, and you can find that wherever you get your podcast from. But tomorrow, guys, crossover Thursday with the Locked On Texans podcast. Make sure you're back here for that. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.